What's up, Baby Squid? It's Nick here. Um, I'm joined by Tish and Nina. Hello. Hello. Um, this is our first episode of uh, the top band biopic movies that we want to see. So I was watching The Dirt with my wife over the weekend, um, and it was entertaining. And we thought after the movie was over that you could plug in any band um, and crank out a new Netflix biopic movie every month. And I'd pretty much watch anything. And then I started talking with some of the Baby Squid members and they all kind of agreed. So we thought that we would do a first episode of this podcast where we're going to share our top three picks each of um, the band biopics that we would want to see Netflix or someone else do in the immediate future. Netflix, you can <laughs> contact me for the rights to this idea if you want. I'm cheap. Um, so uh, I've got my three and, and Tish has her three and Nina has her three and other Baby Squid members that aren't present today have their three. So we might do a part two of this episode. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've got four through six so we could do that we could keep doing this so um i'm gonna uh, surprise nina and let her do the first one what do you got Sweet. okay so i think my first choice for the biopic would be Soundgarden because of um you know chris cornell's death in i think it was 2017 um, I would just love, I don't, I don't actually, I love Soundgarden, but I don't actually know a lot about the band members aside from Chris Cornell. And I just think it would be interesting to see more about them. I actually, when I looked it up online, um, I found an article that said that supposedly there's a documentary about Chris Cornell in the works, uh, being produced by Brad Pitt and Vicky Cornell, his wife. So that'd be interesting to see like a documentary about them, but I think even more like a biopic style movie would be, would be good. I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah, shed some light on, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad, but it's interesting. There's a lot of like suicide in the music industry, I feel. There is. Lots of suicide and lots of drug related suicide. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what this all kind of like comes down to along with the like dirt and Motley Crue thing. It's all kind of that crazy world. Yeah. And, you know, I think if I have it right, they're part of the whole Seattle grunge movement. So yeah. if you're doing a biopic about Soundgarden, you know, here comes Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and stuff like that, other bands that I'm really interested in. So you kind of get their story. And then there's the crossover album that Chris Cornell did with members of Pearl Jam, which was Temple, Temple of the Dog, Dog. Oh, yeah. which is awesome. And if you even touch upon those early years of grunge in the 90s, like that's 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 my jam. It's pretty fascinating. And those were some of my other choices too that I had narrowed down. Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam. Next episode. <laughs> well, I also read that uh, one of the Nirvana bassists uh, replaced a bassist from Soundgarden as well. Right. So they kind of cross over in that respect. Yeah. And then Cornell also did the Audio Slave yeah. mm -hmm. um, stuff on his own. Yeah, so that's it's true. Like he a did continuation. a continuation. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple biopics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't Multiple that bands. In one movie. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'd watch the audio slave, slave biopic too. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Good first Slip. choice. 
Tish's turn? <laughs> Tish's turn. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm going to go with Pink Floyd as my first. Um, and Nick happens to be wearing the shirt by chance today. That wasn't planned out. It was total coincidence. Um, but anyways, Pink Floyd is just an amazing band. And up until now, even though they broke up a while ago, they are still like transcending the times with their music. Um which was very experimental, mm-hmm. <laughs> just long, long riffs of like sound. Um, but anyways, they all started out as students in England, I believe. Yes. And um, they didn't really have anything. They were just kind of doing an underground tour with a manager that had no clue, with two managers, I believe, that had no clue what they were doing. Um, and kind of just let them do their experimental thing on stage and put a cheap light show up and everyone thought it was really great and psychedelic and they just kept going with it. Um, and they're, I think they're most known for their band members, David Gilmore and who actually wasn't an original part of the band. He came in later. Um, and Roger Waters who Mm -hmm. wrote a lot of their earlier music. Um, But anyways, one of their huge dramas was the band member Sid Barrett, um, who was known for his LSD usage, and he just kind of became like this walking zombie that wouldn't speak and um, did a lot of interviews where he just wouldn't open his mouth at all. (laughs) Um, Interesting in a movie. He kind of deteriorated and... The band tried to keep him on as a member for a while, saying that he was a songwriter, but um, I don't think he was doing that either. Yeah. Um, so anyways, he kind of checked himself, or the band checked him into a mental health place, and he kind of became a recluse um, and died on his own pretty much, which is kind of sad. But anyways, I mean, it could be about their rise to fame. I don't know what part of their life I would want it to focus on, but I think how they came together is kind of cool, how they're all these preppy English students (laughs) that were making this out of this world music um, that nobody had really done before. Yeah. It's a little like unexpected. (laughs) Yeah. And there's so many like stories about them that I would love to see, you know, on uh, the screen, um, you know, one of my favorite, um, stories about them is the whole dark side of the moon going to the movie wizard of Oz. Um, Mm -hmm. and how, if that was really actually true, was that, I mean, if it was intentional, what did that process look like? How did they actually put that album together to go along with that? Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd watch that story for sure. Have you ever actually watched the um, Wizard of Oz along to oh, Dark yeah. Side of the Moon? Yeah, I've watched that before too. It's interesting. <laughs> it matches up. It's, yeah. it's really hard to deny that it's intentional when um, the the slot machine, the cha-ching, first mm-hmm. happens for the first time in the song Money as the tornado stops and Dorothy is opening the door of the house for the first time and you see color in a movie for the first time like maybe ever i think that's why wizard of oz was so famous was the first Mm -hmm. color i could have that wrong the internet will probably tell me (laughs) um 
But I mean, the moment that that door opens up and that, you know, cha-ching happens, it's so obvious and apparent that it was so deliberately timed. So there's other instances in it as well. So. Well, there's also the Animals album being loosely related to Animal Farm, which who didn't read that book in high school? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I like the psychological rock and roll for sure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so my first pick, and this was an easy one for me, although I'm a little bit worried because I feel like this band might almost be untouchable, is Led Zeppelin. Um, Jimmy Page is famous for his, you know dark magic and witchcraft and this big, you know, library that he has of all these occult books and so on. Um, and he's just a phenomenal guitarist. And then you've got the legend of John Bonham, who's one of the greatest drummers of all time, who died um, choking on his own vomit as a result of his alcoholism. And you've got uh, uh, Robert Plant getting into a car accident in the late 70s where he lost his son and they wrote the song All of My Love. And then there's this crazy infamous shark incident story, which is too inappropriate to go over on this <laughs> podcast. What? Uh, but if you're not <laughs> familiar with it, type in on a Google search, <laughs> Led Zeppelin shark incident and enjoy. Um, but it just seems like too great of a story um, that hasn't been told yet and I would just watch it and on repeat over and over again so will you guys like Led Zeppelin? I love Led Zeppelin I think that would be great because I know there's like probably like tons of documentaries about Led Zeppelin that I haven't even seen but um, I feel like an actual movie about them would be fascinating I love Led Zeppelin too, and one of my fondest memories of Led Zeppelin was being in high school in Illinois. My favorite art teacher was a total hippie rock dude, and uh, he would play Led Zeppelin records while we were in class, and he was just a super cool guy, so I always relate listening to Led Zeppelin to my favorite art teacher that had a cage in his art room, and when you were his chosen student, you'd get to work in the cage and use all of his special art tools, which is not related to a biopic, but... <laughs> it's the memory. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, the, you know, the music takes us back, right? Yeah, we all have, like, our own memories associated with it. <laughs> cool. But I also thought the death by asphyxiation was interesting. I read that um, this guy just chugged, I don't know how many glasses of vodka... And then he ate a ham sandwich and was like so proud of it and they put him to bed on his side, but yeah. unfortunately he woke up and yeah. was dead. Oh man. Yeah. It's like quite tragic. A lot of these bands have similar tragedy stories, like you said, of, you know, drug use and alcoholism and so on. So it's a common theme in all of them and you know, again, when I was watching The Dirt, I thought back about the other biopics that I love, like The Doors and Walk the Line and Bohemian Rhapsody. And it's all kind of the same interesting story, but with mm -hmm. different characters. So, yeah. yeah. Who's your number two, Nina? Okay, so my number two pick uh, would be Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> I love Wu-Tang Clan. And they're... I don't know a lot about them either, honestly. I mean, there's a lot of band members in Wu-Tang. Um, and when I looked this one up, I 
read that there's actually supposedly a biopic in the works about Wu-Tang and specifically ODB because um, if you didn't already know, he passed away. So it kind of seems like a lot of these um, movies relate to people dying in the music industry. <laughs> but I think for them, Riz has already made like a lot of good movies or worked on a lot of good movies. So hopefully that one works out because it'd be interesting to see like some more about how they started and how their how their career worked out and ODB's death and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then also, I know that they were um, East Coast rappers. It might be interesting yeah. to kind of talk about the feud between the East Coast and the West Coast and that drama. That's um, true. And then ODB, I don't know about all the rest of the band members, but um, ODB had a lot of controversy around him, so yeah, um, I'm sure that would be interesting (laughs) to see as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean that takes me back to my college years. I just loved Wu Tang Clan. Method Man is one of my favorite rappers Mm -hmm. of all time, and I saw. Gosh, I saw the Jizza back in 1998 at the Fox Theater in Boulder, which is like just a few <laughs> hundred people just mobbed into this tiny little thing, and he rocked the crowd for hours. Awesome. I just never seen someone, you know, of that stature in such a small little venue, and it was so much fun. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine you going to a concert. <laughs> really. <laughs> As far as rap goes, I mean, Wu-Tang is, like, pretty phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to love them. something I kind of grew up with, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they won my face. Cash rules everything around me. <laughs> Get the money. Get the money. Dollar, dollar <laughs> bills, y'all. Good money, now. How about you? All What's right, your number two? So, bit? I went with Bob Marley, which I have read a little bit about Ziggy kind of... Um, planning a biopic right now for him, but I still wanted to bring him up because I feel like um, uh, his music is also one of those transcending of times and everyone still listens to him and his family legacy is still keeping like the reggae thing alive for him and keeping his name prominent. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, like I believe he passed away like, almost 30 years ago and a good biopic hasn't been made about him yet and he's like one of the top musicians of all time like a name everyone knows um so it'd be interesting to see his story brought to life um he had an interesting life and a very short one uh he left his mom when he was 12 has a lot of siblings also has a lot of children uh, from different women um, he was married and his wife was part of the band also. Um, but anyways, his reggae music was largely based on like politics and religion. So he was like an activist of sorts, but, um, and kind of spoke to how the world was not a great place. Um, so I don't know. I think that'd be, yeah, you're right. He's like a legend, so it's really surprising that there's not a movie about him yet. Right. But it's also probably hard because he has so many different family pulls. That's um, true. 
it'd be hard to get permission to do that story, you think? I think so. Yeah. But Ziggy's the one that is trying to do it right now, and if anyone does it, I feel like he'd be the best to do it. Yeah, I agree. And you do, you mentioned the politics and the religion, and I mean, I think I've got this right. You know, Bob Marley was borderline a prophet in the Rastafarian, you know, religion, and so his music was, you know, for, for people of Jamaica and people that follow that faith, literally a religious experience and transcendent for them, and you know, touched so many people on such a deep level. And, you know, he can, you know, go back and forth from anger and, you know, frustration over, you know, discrimination, and then right into peace and joy and love and harmony so easily like no one else can, so. There's also, he was raised, was it Christian or Catholic? I can't remember. And he decided to um, convert on his own. And, and when he did that, he started drawing, growing his dreadlocks. <laughs> um, there's also the story about his father being white and some of the Rastafarian community not accepting him because of that. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Does he, did he not know his father? Um, I'm not sure, but his father was like a white Jamaican from England. Um, but yeah, I don't know if he knew his father, but he was raised primarily with his mother. I do know that. Um, but yeah. Fascinating guy. <laughs> yeah. I could see like Snoop Dogg being in that movie. I don't know. <laughs> I can just picture it I now. Think you can put Snoop Dogg in all of Any these movie? movies. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Be good in the Wu-Tang movie too. Yeah. For sure. Eric Clapton covered uh, Who Shot the Sheriff and got a number one hit for that. Yeah. Yeah. So he could be in it. That would be interesting. Yeah. Like a little cameo. Like that. A little cameo, yeah. Yeah. That'd be a great movie. Good choice. But, and then his he died of cancer that started in his toe and he didn't want to get it fixed. Um, he wanted to try to do everything naturally, which was also kind of interesting. tragic. I think he died at 36, which is, like, way too young. Yeah. 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 Considering his impact on the social movement in Jamaica and around the world, yeah, it's too young. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Um, my second choice is um, Fleetwood Mac. Um, you know, they've got a revolving door of band members over the course of 50 years, but really the story that I'm interested in hearing, not necessarily the entire, you know, length of their journey as a band, specifically the time period around the production of the album Rumors, mm -hmm. which is just, you know, love triangles and affairs and backstabbing and, you know, one of my notes here, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham. First of all, Stevie Nicks is one of my favorites of all mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. um, my daughter Henley was almost named Stevie, um, Stevie Pepper actually. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure if my wife really agrees with me on that one, but um, love the story of the on again, off again, Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham, the Christine and John McVie marriage falling apart, the affairs with sound engineers, Mick Fleetwood's wife and the guitarist Bob Weston having an affair. I mean, the name of the album is Rumors. The songs on there, Never Going Back Again, Go Your Own Way, Dreams, The Chain. I mean, this is like, it's like a diary of all of the love, interest, backstabbing affairs that was happening in a short amount of time. 
and they're all going on tour, standing up there, singing these songs together <laughs> with all that craziness happening. I just give me a biopic of that two or three year period of the Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham rumors, McFleetwood um, era, and I would just love to see that story. So. Yeah, that sounds really good. (laughs) I didn't even know all that about all their affairs. I I always wonder that, though, like, when there are people, like, in relationships or involved in a band, like, how does that work out for them? Yeah. Sometimes not so good, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, again, you know, it was the inspiration for the the songs. Um, And if you listen to some of these songs, I mean, they're literally you know, just stories about things that happened amongst this inner circle of their band. And I think that that's really unique to them. I mean, obviously we all, you know, when we create, it's about our own experience and, you know, view of life and so on. But to to be so poignant and right on with, with what they did is just, I love that album. It's phenomenal. So Super good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. It's kind of crazy to just like take all that, all that thought, like as like dramatic, I guess, as it is and as personal as it is and just like kind of like throw it all out there for everyone. (laughs) Well, it makes everything relatable. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That is true. (laughs) Right? Loss and heartbreak and love and all that in a, in a condensed, you know, time period. We've, we've all been there. So Mm -hmm. cool. What's your number three, Nina? Okay, last choice. Um, it was hard for me to narrow it down to three. I think I, I'm sticking with my third choice, and we'll save some of the other ones for the next episode. But <laughs> my third choice would have to be Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, yes. I don't think there's a biopic about them. If there is, I don't know about it, and there could be a better one, I guess. But um, <laughs> on I've, I didn't finish reading it, but I read some of Anthony Kiedis book scar tissue actually around the same time that I read um, Nikki Six's book the heroin diaries where this whole idea came from um, and Nikki Six's book was really interesting too even though I, I wasn't quite like into the band I, his diary is pretty fascinating um, but same with red hot chili peppers because uh, Anthony Kiedis's book scar tissue is essentially about his life but about like the whole band's life um, and man, they were they were wild. Like the drugs, uh, sobriety, changing band members, losing band members, basically just like starting or kind of being like in that part of the, like the that rock scene that was building in LA, you know, in like the eighties. I just they they've always been one of my top favorite bands. Like ever since a child, like I can I can like yeah, they're probably. One of the top-selling rock bands, if not the top-selling rock band, because they're still they're still, they're still around. around. They're oh, still yeah. touring. <laughs> you can't keep them off stage. <laughs> Haven't heard any new music from them recently, but I, I can't actually can't yeah, think of the last know. album that they came out with. But I mean, I mean, all their other ones, by the way, Californication, even like Stadium Arcadium is the classic to me. Yeah, I, I grew up when, when all of the grunge was taking over and, you know, Blood Sugar Sex Magic mm-hmm. comes out and it's given away now and it's under the bridge. And I'm like, what is this? This is different. And seeing Flea up there without oh, any man. clothes on, rocking he's his crazy. head around. Like, he should be in every band doing the head nod. Right. And 
somehow Anthony Giedis and Flea are like courtside at the Lakers games and mm-hmm. they become these like global celebrities and yeah, I, I'm with you. I love everything about this band. It'd be pretty interesting to see them in a movie with the the socks too. <laughs> like, I have the socks. I forgot about that. <laughs> Actually, I think he talks about that in his book too. <laughs> they're phenomenal and they're, you know, they're they're good at their craft, you know, they're not just, you know, crazy performers, but you know, really, really, you know, he's a great singer and you know, Flea's a great bassist and So good. Yeah, they're What what would the biopic be focused on? They have a lot of stories too. I think maybe like around the time where um, Anthony wrote Scar Tissue, Mm -hmm. Um, because maybe some people already kind of like know that story, and I I feel like that is interesting because it's around the time that their guitarist passed away Mm -hmm. and all that, like kind of them like forming the band, which I think would be interesting. Like now, I think they're they're probably a little less wild than they were. You would hope so. Although something <laughs> tells me that they're still crazy in those eyes when you see them, you know? <laughs> Which I like. <laughs> um, well, they, they have a history of being in and out of rehab. And yeah, exactly. And getting in accidents. And... Lots of heroin. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, right around that time when they lost the guitarist and then Dave Navarro replaced him. And, um, and then they were playing with Jane's Addiction and... I don't know, there's so much going on in the L.A. rock scene of, like, the late 90s. I could see that era of it being the focal point. And then, you know, they're one of the few bands, if you think about it, that kind of made it out on the other end. You know, yeah. a lot of bands don't make it beyond the the tragedy and the death and the overdoses and so on. And they're still writing albums and touring, and, and they made it. Somehow, some way, they made it. They made it through. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Breaks and I mean, uh, aside from Anthony Kiedis, there, I don't, I don't know if John Frusciante is still in the band, but um, he was one of their guitarists for a a long time, and he's amazing. But man, that guy had some, some issues too. And I've heard of him like in and out of rehabs and trying to like better his life. I think for a point in his life, he like didn't even drink coffee. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> well, a lot of people said that when he was around, they made some of their best music. Yeah, um, oh, definitely. But yeah, he, he did have a crazy story just on his own. I read somewhere that he had lost all of his teeth <laughs> from oh. doing so many drugs and wow, was in a house burning and Jeez. all sorts of things. Jeez. There's also... I. Sorry, we're still talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers, but <laughs> they're—I forget what that movie was called, but I think they made them—they um, like filmed or recorded one of their albums in this like house, the mansion. Yeah, in that crazy <laughs> house in yeah. LA, and they—they they, like filmed it, and watching that was like really interesting. <laughs> Definitely gotta check, that, check out. that out. I've yeah. never heard that. I'm making it. I haven't note. seen it. Yeah, it's mental note. <laughs> mental um, note. Check it out. Red Hot Chili Peppers recording. They said it was haunted, Album. too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the name of that was, but Google it. <laughs> I'm on it. Tish, you're right. third. So my third wasn't really a personal choice, but it's something that's kind of current um, and relevant to probably a younger crowd, but I chose Mac Miller. Um, and he's a rapper. He 
gained fame really quickly, rapper out of Pittsburgh, young white guy, um, Jewish. And anyways, he just started performing um, in the underground scene when he was in his teens and ended up kind of making it, moved to LA. But I don't think he really gained fame until, I think what he was most famous for was kind of being with Ariana Grande. Um, but he was working with a lot of really famous artists and they all respected him, but he didn't really have his moment to shine. Um, but he ended up dying of a drug overdose, so his life was kind of tragic. Then there were all these Ariana Grande rumors about him getting into a car accident, maybe because they split up. Um, he knocked over an electric pole, and then he ended up dying shortly after. Um, but he had a struggle with depression and feeling alone all the time uh, in this world of fame and just not knowing what to do with himself when he was alone. Uh, but he was very open about his drug use. Um, there's a lot of videos that are a little unnerving of him just on drugs and like taking drugs with other artists and them telling him to like, hey, slow down. This is like the real stuff. Yet someone's still filming it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like there's a lot of um, that in like the kind of underground rap scene. Like, do you have you heard of um, Lil Peep? Yeah. Who di also died recently. Mm -hmm. It's really sad. Maybe having like more movies about that would be good because people could actually like address that issue. I mean, because that guy was always like rapping about like drugs and Xanax and all that stuff too. Yeah, like, a lot like of their prescription drugs that yeah. are... Pills. Yeah, pills. Interesting story though. I had I've I, I feel like Mac Miller is one of those people I've heard of a lot and like definitely heard his songs, but not really like fully like <laughs> known about him. Yeah, I didn't really know a whole lot about him, and I actually just kind of stumbled upon him because I know my niece is obsessed with Ariana Grande, <laughs> um, and I kind of just looked her up one day and then saw this whole Mac Miller thing and got intrigued by it because I like these kind of stories. Yeah. And that's like what we were talking about um, too. Like even if you don't know the band or don't particularly like the band, they're still fascinating stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mac Miller is a band that I'm not super familiar with, but um, again, like we were saying, you fill in the blank and tell the story of anybody and I would be in on it. It's a little bit modern rap for me um, mm. <laughs> but I would watch the story for sure um, and I thought a lot of rap in the modern day and I could be totally wrong about this was like really strong on sobriety right whereas a lot of music over the years has been focused on drug abuse and you know stuff like that I thought there was this big trend towards sobriety in the industry um, and then there's these few outliers like Mac Miller and um, Lil Peep that, you know, overdosed and, you know, it's obviously still a raging issue in it, so. Yeah, there's another, um, well, maybe I'll save that for the next one, but have you ever, <laughs> ever heard so of Idea about. and Abilities? No. It's it? spelled Idea, like E-Y-E-D-E-A, um, and he was around for like a very short time, uh, an underground rapper like that. I loved his music, honestly, but he died maybe after making like one or two albums. Uh, I'd 
I don't know about sobriety and <laughs> there's some like straight edge maybe rappers not. maybe. <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe that's just wishful thinking. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. Start um, a trend. And speaking of not sobriety, um, my third one would be Nirvana. Um, and we all know how that story ends. Um, but the part of the story that I'm interested in is, you know, really in the early 90s, 1990, 1991, they kind of changed the rock and roll scene forever. I mean, out goes the 80s hair bands and in comes grunge. Um, it affects pop culture. It affects the way, you know, youth dress. It affects the way other bands approach music. And we kind of have this, you know, surge of Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and um, Alice in Chains and all the other bands like we've talked about. But it was really their kind of, um, you know, anger and anti-establishment message Um that brought, in my opinion, rock and roll back to its roots from the 60s and 70s when rock had, you know, a message against what was going on in society. And then everything just got really happy and poppy in the 80s. Um, and then it kind of got serious again. Um, and, you know, in the late years of Nirvana in 1994, you know, they're just seen as this loud band and then they come out with this album where they do the live performance on MTV Unplugged and people that did not like uh, Nirvana or see the value in their noise, as you would call mm -hmm. it, all of a sudden hear his voice and listen to the lyrics and the, you know, artistry behind the music and they realize that, oh my gosh, this is just quite a brilliant band. Um, and then there's the weird relationship with Courtney Love and then the alleged suicide um, and, you know, the aftermath of Dave Grohl getting really famous and moving on and going into Foo Fighters and so on. I mean, just one of the most interesting stories in rock history, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think everyone's always been kind of interested in Nirvana, especially after, like, Kurt passed away. But it seems like everyone always focuses on his death and, like, no one really knows what happened. So I think it'd be cool to see a movie more about his life before yeah. all that. I agree. Bring in Courtney Love. Yeah. <laughs> she could cameo in the movie. Can you her as a consultant on this movie? <laughs> Maybe make it a little biased, but... <laughs> maybe, maybe Dave Grohl needs to get involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be fascinating for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, they represent high school for me and junior high and high schools when I was listening to them and um, still to this day, you know, will very much put on the Unplugged album when I'm trying to relax or something like that. And I'll put on the Nevermind album when I'm trying to get amped up for a <laughs> ball game or something like that. So they represent all, you know, areas of the spectrum of rock music for me. I think Bleach is still one of my favorites too. Yes. <laughs> put that one on when you want to get pumped. <laughs> yes, for sure. Okay. Well, I, I feel like we could continue going on with bands forever, yeah, <laughs> but maybe we should save some for the next we episode. I have a list of about 20. Yeah, same. <laughs> Me too, and it was hard to narrow it down to just your top three. Like, hey, what are your top three favorite bands of all time is a, is a tough question to answer. Um, but well, we did... Some bands already have biopics that... That's true. 
That's true. The Doors would have been on there for me too. They're yeah, one of my favorite yeah. uh, bands of all time, and they already did that story, you know, Oliver Stone style. So, um, but this is fun. Um, Thirty-five minutes and counting. I feel like we could go for another half hour without batting an eye. Um, and we almost had a fourth member come today, Andrea, who couldn't make it. Um, and that would add another 10 or so minutes onto this recording. So like Nina said, we'll save that for another episode in a future date. Um, any last parting words? Well, I think if we're going to do another episode too, how about you guys out there who are listening, comment online, comment on babysquidmedia.com, tell us on Instagram, what would be your top three choices? I don't know, maybe we'll post something and ask you guys yep. online. Good call. Yeah, we can talk to those. Yeah, so start thinking about that and maybe we'll talk about your one of your choices in the next episode. Awesome. Good call. Good call. <laughs> Baby Squid out. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.